Over 30 years of serving the Arizona homeowner. 13 years in a row ranking Arizona's best referral network. RosieOnTheHouse.com. Protecting you, informing you, and educating you. It's Rosie on the House. Good morning. Welcome to Hour 2 of my house, Rosie on the House. We're going to spend the next two hours talking about uh, your two favorite things, you and your home. Broadcasting for 35 years, right here, helping every Arizona homeowner with whatever problem, dilemma, or challenge they're facing with their house, home, castle, or cabin. And we've got uh, my co-host, Romy Romero, my son who's been with us here for 20 years in studio. My wife, sweet Jennifer, that will do the call screening. It is a call-in show. Um, so you're welcome to call in and ask any question you want. And then we've got our broadcast engineer, Mr. Gary D. We're all here for you, the Arizona homeowner. But my guess is we've got a few visitors. I'd say. A I, handful. I, I <laughs> saw an Arizona dot alert. And it said, if you're heading to these three areas, expect delays. You think? I should call, <laughs> I should call Doug Nensel and rewrite that alert for him. If you're leaving your driveway, expect delays. I've, no matter where, if you want to go to the dry cleaners on the corner, the gas station down the block, over to your mama's house, expect delays. So we're throwing a big Rosie on the house welcome out to all of our visitors here checking us out in the great community of Phoenix, Metro Phoenix, Arizona. Well, we got a lot going. If you're a sports car fan, a classic car fan, a golf fan. Hey, that guy that jumped in the lake, do you think he was just thirsty? Was he not drinking any all day long? <laughs> I missed it. A, a streaker jumped in the lake at the... At oh, the, at the Open? Uh-huh. I think he was just thirsty. <laughs> he probably had not had anything to drink all day. Oh, honey. Yeah, because that's the first thing I do when I'm thirsty. I take <laughs> off all my clothes and run around. He was looking for his five seconds of fame. Well, I guess I we, don't know what it's going to cost him, but I, I guess we just gave it to him, didn't we? Yes, we did. Okay. Um, or, of course, the big game coming up tomorrow. Everybody's. Yeah. And don't forget the Arabian Horse Show is coming up. So if you see trailers coming in town, you should, if you just look for a second, you should see. Um, planes pouring from the sky. You should see trailers coming in with full of horses, beautiful cars spinning around. It's kind of an exciting place right now. You know, I don't know Las Vegas very well, but Jennifer and I were there last week for the International Builder Show, and the official attendance for that, Las Vegas attracted 200,000 people for that event for a week. And it was in one, pretty much one location. It was at their convention centers. It was way too much, way too many people in too short a time. But I think we're drawing about that same number to Phoenix metro area for this week, about 200,000. Well, I heard that the um, – go ahead. See, I think it would be more than that. Do you? Because the stadium itself is what, like 76,000 you said? I think 70 is what it said here on the – So I definitely think there's probably five times as many people. I think that 70 number was how much the bowl experience in downtown Phoenix drew last weekend. Okay. Was 70. I don't know what the stadium seats, but I, I would think it would be more than that, too. It sure feels more than that. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, <laughs> driving around town all day. And I had to go to a community right next to the stadium twice this week. And, I mean, I, I want to go pick something up at Lowe's today. 
But the closest Lowe's to my house is Scottsdale Mayo. I'm not going. <laughs> that, that, I, I, I'm not going up there. No way. Uh, that's going to, I may go to Lowe's down on Baseline and, and 7th Avenue. <laughs> but no way, man, oh man. So uh, we'd like to hear from y'all. I tell you what, if you're a visitor and you've never heard Rosie on the house, we're here to answer Arizona homeowners' questions about their homes. Because owning a home in Arizona is different than owning a home from wherever else you are. So our number is 1-888-767-4348 if you'd like to call us and talk to us. A couple years ago, probably at least 10 now, uh, NASCAR was in town, and we had some tickets to give away, and we were talking about it. We were some kind of trivia. That's right. And the driver of Joe Nemechek was taking him to the chauffeur PIR yeah, right. for the race and was listening to the broadcast and I called remember, in and Joe Nemechek, we actually would talk to him on the air. So if you're driving around Patrick Mahomes or uh, <laughs> Clyde Hilaire from LSU, we'd love to talk to you. Feel free to join us. one 767 That's one 4348 you. If you're thinking about <clears throat> you'd like to live in this beautiful sunshine, you can call and ask the guys what you know what the major differences are in living here oh it gets it, hot here oh it gets all here. you visitors need to know that it gets real hot here get hotter than a cheesecake there it, eagles oh fans. yeah it gets hot here i mean <laughs> cheesecake what did i just say <laughs> cheesecake and if you even cheese if you just steak. want to cheese steak thank you if you want to get outside and enjoy that area while you're here rosie knows every inch of arizona because he loves being outside so if you need some ideas you know the following week well if you're going to stay and hang out we got all kinds of good stuff i actually did get a couple of those calls this week people that were heading into the state for the week and we're going to be here for some part of the stay to experience one of the big events but they had extended their stay and they wanted to look around so i actually i actually did a little uh um travel agency work yeah we love to show off our say it's a beautiful place (laughs) oh man one of the things we wanted to talk about today uh and this is going to be really good for you conspiracy theorists is uh setbacks and easements on your property these are invisible lines that probably impact your lot in some way And there's a big eye in the sky watching everything you do to make sure you don't violate those. So we're going to be talking about the critical importance of what a setback and an easement do on your property. And they are completely invisible lines. Let me me just take you in, in segment two. I'm not going to talk you through it right now because I want you, if you want to find out what your setbacks are, and what easements are on your property. I want you to, to go ahead, uh, drag yourself out of bed, um, uh, put a comb across your head, uh, <laughs> grab a cup of joe, and get over to your computer. Because in segment two, at about 9.20, I'm going to tell you which website address to go to and how you're going to be able to get this information about your house. But we have... We have setbacks, and then we have easements. Let's start with easements. There are several different types of easements. If you have a power line going across your property, you have an easement. If you've got a city water line, a gas line, a telephone line going across your property, 
you have an easement. And in the, in the recorder's office, they've got it documented that there's allowed access by the utility companies to get on your property to service this particular item. And that's called a utility easement. They are, ex- and, and even if you don't have a power line running overhead, you very well may have a power line running underground. And that would also be a utility easement. So you've got to allow the utility companies access. You're giving up some authority over that part of your lot for a utility easement. Then there's also access easements um, that are allowing other people across your property. I know a rancher up in in, uh, Apache County, and they've had this ranch for two generations. And as it grew, it boxed in a secondary ranch that had no roads going to it other than through this other ranch, the primary ranch. So the, the good neighbors being what they were, the primary ranch gave the secondary ranch permanent access easement so they could cross the property and, and not be in violation of trespassing and stuff. So all kind of easements, chances are, if you live in a community, in a subdivision, you, there's a very good chance you have some kind of easement. They, they can be drainage easements uh, next to washes, uh, many different types of easements. And they're recorded, and it regulates how you can use that amount of your space. And we haven't even touched on setbacks. And setbacks tell you how close you can build up to your property line. And there are front yard setbacks, there are backyard setbacks, and there are side yard setbacks. All for the purpose of fire fire and safety. For one, the fire the first responders like to have access in, out, about, and around every single structure as possible. They also do it for uniformity of appearance in a particular subdivision. And they also do it for public safety. So we're going to talk about that, but I want you now, as we get ready to go to commercial break, get to your computer, and I'm going to take you step-by-step on how to go to the computer, to the Internet machine, find a copy of your lot, and then research what the setbacks and easements are on your particular lot. And I'll even show you how you can get a drawing of your house on your lot and a satellite image of the house on your lot. And I'm going to tell you horror stories of people who have bought homes and then call us to do a remodeling job and find out something a prior owner did is in an offset, in a setback. It's a mess. It's a real mess. So I'm going to save you all that mess if you just stay tuned right after this. Spreading the cheer all across the great state of Arizona. That's our job here at Rosie on the House. Welcome, all you out-of-town visitors. And I'll repeat what I said the last segment. I just want you to remember one thing. It gets real hot here. (laughs) It gets real hot here. (laughs) 
If it didn't, Arizona would have 20 million people. It's a great state. I've been here since 1966. I thought when my dad moved me here, I thought, oh, my goodness. What has he done? I mean, I have I've fallen head over heels, absolutely in love with our great state. And for all the Eagles fans, before you start tearing everything up and smashing our streets and our driveways and our you – know, where you're at at the stadium, we've got the baddest Air Force base just two miles away. Just, just keep that in mind before you start smashing stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, I understood. No zero tolerance. We also have real Eagles that can take care of business too mm. here. Yeah. And I, so I, I saw well, – you know, I've seen 100 news – stories about what's going on in, in uh, Phoenix metro area in Arizona this this whole week. And so, but I think the Air Force flyover for the Super Bowl is an all-female pilot staff. That's kind of cool. That is cool. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Francis Yerger posted that. Well, cool. <laughs> hey, Francis. <laughs> okay. I want to talk a little bit to the Arizona homeowners uh, about setbacks and easements. I started the segment and I wanted to talk y'all through how you can find out. So I want you at your computer. I want you to log in. I'm going to assume you're in Maricopa County. Okay. If you hear me address a particular thing, all you, if, if I say go to Maricopa County Assessor's Office.com and you're in Globe, well, you have to go to Gila County. Assessor's office. If you're in Marana, you have to go to Pima County, okay? And that'll be .gov. Yeah. So, thank you. So, for those of you in the Phoenix metro area, I want you to log on to Maricopa County Assessors, okay? And the homepage will pop up. Go ahead and let's go ahead and take a couple minutes and get there. And you're going to see uh, in the toolbar uh, across the top, a tab that's called maps click on maps and it'll ask you parcel click on parcel now right there it gets confusing you're gonna have to you're gonna have to accept the rules of engagement so you have to this big boilerplate page comes up and just scroll to the bottom don't read any of it just hit yes <laughs> who does <laughs> oh gosh okay so now once you got that boilerplate out of your way you're going to be confused, and you're not going to know unless you have your parcel number memorized in your head. Uh, you're not going to be able to know what to do next unless you listen to old Rosie. And you look right there in the upper left-hand corner. It says address. Now go ahead and just put in your home address, okay? And hit find. Then a map is going to pop up, and it's going to have a little blue dot on your lot. And I want you to increase it and increase it, magnify it, magnify it, magnify it, magnify it. You have to magnify it about four or five times, but then it's going to zero in close enough on your blue dot that you'll be able to read the parcel number. Okay? All right. So write that parcel number down on a piece of paper. And then there's another tab that says what you know. Click on that. And now type in the parcel number. When you type that parcel number, you aren't going to believe everything the county knows about you. <laughs> it's going to tell you officially who owns that property, uh, whether it's joint custody, whether it's in a family trust, whatever it is, 
verify that first because there's a lot of that scam going on where people are actually going in stealing the title and deed to your property. Uh, so make sure you are listed as to the owner of that property. It's going to give you the zoning. Go ahead and write that down. And I'm going to pick one particular zoning in particular because it's the one I've memorized, the one I work with the most, R135 in the city of Scottsdale. Once you have the zoning, then you can log on to your city's website and ask for the zoning ordinance and type in your zoning to that downloaded document. And all the information about that zoning will pop up. So in Scottsdale, you've got your address plugged in. You find out you're an R-135. Well, I can tell you an R-135, that's basically one house per acre, not quite, but pretty close. And your front yard setback is going to be 40 feet. You can't build anything in the front 40 feet of your yard or the rear 35 feet of your yard. And you have to leave 15 feet on either side of your house, between your house, any auxiliary structure, and your side yard property line. So now you've got the official ownership and you've got that verified. You've got the parcel number and that's verified. You've been to the, the city zoning ordinance and you've got a definition of what your zoning applications are. Now go back to the county assessor's map. And you're going to be able to click on your parcel and you're going to actually ask it for a map. And you're going to be amazed. An extremely accurate drawing of your house is going to be right there on the county recorder's office. Print it. Then print your lot. Then you can go outside, take a couple casual measurements from what you think is the property line to the corners of your house. And you can overlay the footprint of the house and the lot plan. And you'll basically have, it's not certified, but then you'll basically have an understanding of what you have to build in. It's called the building envelope. You cut out the little footprint of the house, you tape it onto the plot map in, a, in as close a measurement as you can, and then you take a yellow line and mark in your easements and your setbacks, and that little yellow balloon that you've created now is your building <laughs> envelope. <laughs> I you can tell we had a water leak the day they took the picture at our house. <laughs> the whole, whole area over here by the arena is flooded. Oh, funny. <laughs> the big eye we in rodeo, the sky. The, the, the horse trailer is gone. Oh, the horse trailer is gone. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. We do have a handful of calls that we're getting through the screening process at the moment. And well, I've, I've been pinged by four realtors. Rosie, you should cover easements and setbacks every single Saturday. <laughs> Mary Ann's riding her bicycle in Scottsdale. Vicky's drinking coffee in her patio in Pinnacle Peak. Ted's uh, actually uh, jogging uh, through uh, the uh, canal bank in Scottsdale. So everybody said, if I could be if I could be king for a day, I would make it law that part of the documents in closing escrow would be reviewing the easements and the setbacks because there is so and and you would have to verify. Home inspectors should tell you whether they suspect some addition has been done to your house from the day the house was original, and you ought to verify with the city where permits pulled. That that should just be part of the deal. 
We have a follow-up question online. I don't know if you want to start with that one, but it's oh. a, gen- a gentleman who's following your conversation. Yes. He's in Phoenix. Okay. And he wants to know how you find other things like the sewer line and all that kind of stuff. Can you find that on the same website? No. Not at the county assessors. Um, it's going to show you um, utility easements, but you're going to have to go to the individual utilities, City of Phoenix Water Department, and probably get an overlay as to whether or not, you know, where it'll show you where the sewer tap is or show you where the sewer line runs, whether it's in the alley or in the middle of the street. It'll show you exactly where your house is tapped into that line. But you have to actually go to the, each individual utility to find the details of that. And piggybacking on that, then what if you have a septic? How do you find that? That should be in your recorded uh, uh, close of escrow documents because okay. part of Arizona law requires a septic inspection upon close of escrow. So someone had to get a visual inspection on your tank, and that's on record at the county health department as to where your tank is, how big it is, and you, again, that'll all be in. That is documents that are in your closing Set of documents uh, and the clean out on the septic is really Jim stone easy. he's a carry lake rep- uh, the uh out of towner <laughs> we, we got hack my out of towner there <laughs> man some people just desperate to get on this show uh, i guess i guess oh, but man. there's a clean out uh off your back porch it actually, should be i mean uh, uh, it we, may be we, covered we, in dirt we well we mandated those it was about in the late 70s so i mean we're dealing with a house right now with a with a sewer odor, and she has no cleanout. The home was built in the late '60s, so the first thing we've got to do is is give her an estimate for about forty five hundred bucks to dig up the line, put in a two way cleanout, bring it up to code, and then we can troubleshoot the problem at her house. So, but you should have a cleanout if your home was built anytime after about 1970, 71, something like that. Look for the cleanout. And then uh, Texter wants to know, can you look up your neighbor's address? Well, you can, if you know the address, you can look up any. I mean, it's, uh, and I was playing with mine. The aerial <laughs> photo is much newer than the street photo. I'm surprised there was even a street photo on the dirt road. But, <laughs> there is. Uh, there, there is. You And you can even tell by the age, like what horses are in the pens <laughs> of about when this picture was taken. It's probably about four years old. But um, he wants to know. It sounds like his neighbor's doing addition, and he wants to make sure the neighbor's not encroaching on. All he then, and I can I can help him a little bit with a shortcut. Uh, just go to the building department that has jurisdiction in that area, and call them and see if there's a permit pulled. And if there's no permit pulled, then go back and do all this research. If there's a permit pulled, I can tell you the city building department already verified it's within compliance. Excellent tip. Now, we talked about all the visitors we've got in Arizona this week. Uh, welcome you all. We really do welcome you all. Jennifer and I were in Las Vegas last week uh, for the Builder Show. Um, and, and Jennifer took it upon herself to do some particular shopping. Well, <laughs> you know, my, my passion for, the, for research for the show is for people who would like to stay in their home. We call it a life worth living in place. And so that was my mission was to find things that really help. However, it's not glorious. <laughs> it's not a glorious topic, but um, I did a little research on bidets because that is one way that you can extend the life of um, 
you know, the length of time you can stay at home. It also improves dignity because you can do things by yourself that maybe if, if you're struggling with things, you wouldn't have to have somebody help you. So it's a, it's a dignity issue and it's an independent issue. So I, we created a little video. You can find it on Facebook or in the newsletter. My, uh, my dignity is going to be protected because my four son-in-laws uh-huh. have already elected which son-in-law is in charge of changing my diaper. <laughs> well, I'm trying to save them as well. And I'm so looking forward to that. Oh, you're bad. Oh. You're so bad. That's so romantic, close to Valentine's Day. Oh. I am so looking forward to that. Okay, go ahead. Oh. But this, this allows full bathroom function independently yes so um i I visited two manufacturers and one is toto and everybody just about everybody knows toto toilet though not everybody really knows the word bidet yet it's kind of a european you know thought process but it's just a really uh it's a cleaner way um to use the restroom and it's really affordable so toto has come out with a, a new line um and it's it's for just the attachment you would put on top of your existing toilet it's only like 285 dollars so that's, think about that. You know, that's really not that much money. All you need to have is a plug behind the toilet, which not everybody has. Not everybody has that. So that's a little extra expense to have a, a plug put back there because they heat and they warm the water and they um, spray, and you need electricity for those functions. It's a wash and dry function for your bottom side. Yeah, and, you know, you save on paper, and it's, it's very, very clean. Um, but you can buy just the top, or if you want, like, the whole matching look without the wires and, you know, little sleeker look they have a line um where the matching boy do they day and yeah boy you, do they but this one the one i saw started at 900 dollars. now okay. don't faint if you go to like you know one of the big supply houses because you can pay up to six thousand dollars easily and they are for a toilet they're a beautiful piece of furniture yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't need that and you know if expenses a lot of times by that time of your life you don't want to be spending six thousand dollars on a toilet so um you know so that's one line so you can find that. I did a nice little clip where you can you don't have to go shopping. You can just look at the ones I looked at. Um, Bemis is another product, and they've just come out with a line the last couple of years. Family-owned Family, American 120 company. 120 years old out of Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Sheboygan. I like to say that, Sheboygan. 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 And, um, but they have a, a whole line of really in, uh, inventive things. Uh, if you don't have the money to put in even an outlet for um, $200 or less, you can get a... Um, a seat and they have really fantastic ways to fasten so they don't they are guaranteed not to ever move you don't need a plumber you don't need a permit Mm -mm. Uh, most people could do this job i think i could have done that you you just buy it you take it off and you pop it back in and the ones that you pop back in remember the historic toilet toilet paper shortage yeah i know guess what sold out very quickly at all the stores bidets bidets oh i bet well it's still very expensive so this is still a a great value (laughs) but um so they have different options, and I'm not going to try to explain them all to you, but there are some of the different things, um, and they're all molded beautiful toilets. They're not just the plastic stuff you find like in a drugstore. So they're very nice finished molded toilets, but now, they have that one beam is seat with the handles to aid you in in sitting mm-hmm. and standing. It's molded it into one piece. There was one version that was capable of a thousand pounds. I mean, it, that's rated for a two seater. A thousand, yeah, a thousand pounds. <laughs> it doesn't matter, you, you know. It's, it's. You got a co-pilot. Yeah, you got a co-pilot. But that was the the top of the line. They had one for like what four hundred pounds. Yeah, it was different functions. One has like a, a donut riser, so if you need a little rising help. But the nice thing too is they all have lids, and so. Um, 
that's that's something new too. But anyway, that that's that's Bemis. But um, I got kind of a kick out of doing the research. Um, and I want to tell y'all too. When we go to these shows, a lot of times the things we look at are brand new on the market. But so that's if you, true, you hear yeah. us talking about something, I I have mm-hmm. rep numbers so I can help you find the product. If you get stuck, but uh, they actually have Bemis has a bidet that's not heated, but we live in Arizona, we can handle it, and <laughs> usually, <laughs> and it's a, it's a good it's a good value. Um, you know, if, if you don't have, if you're not able to get electricity and the, behind your toilet, and the reasons to have a bidet. So. The article on Bemis yeah. says the reasons is they're self, you know, they're hands-free, okay. um, flushing functions. But this one, I cannot even believe this is in writing. It's so that you continue to game on your devices while you use the restroom. <laughs> so that, I hope that nobody's that willing to admit whole, that they do a, that. That's a corporate statement <laughs> on is, the literature? It is. It's absolutely hysterical. So I don't think anybody would want to admit that <clears throat> they do that. But it's supposed to keep your phone from getting so dirty. What a what a great selling point. <laughs> I know, right? So anyway, I know it's a, I know Rosie's like, don't you want to look at some other products? And I did, and I do, but I, I just really value things that help people. And this is really one of the most valuable things I saw on the trip. Well, you know, as a remodeling contractor that's been remodeling homes for forty eight years, I learn uh, about personal things about our clients that uh, some of their family may not even know about them. Um, and it's surprising when we're meeting a homeowner for the first time, um, their, their kind of hesitation or reluctance, if one, part of the project includes the master bathroom, they, they, it, it, it's like they're almost reluctant to show it to you. You know, I'm taking you into my potty. You know, I'm, I'm taking you into my space. I do very private things in here that I don't share with anybody, but I need you to come here and upgrade it and updo it. So it's... It is an undercovered story about what's available for bathrooms for anyone wanting to experience a life worth living and stay independent. Yeah, dignity. I like that aspect of it. A lot of, lot of, lot of products available t- to help you do that. Bidets could be a life-changing experience too. I mean, it, no joke. I mean, we've uh, been no. joking about it aside, but I, I gotta t- I've tried it. I'm about ready to put one in. No. Um, you know, we we American builders were reluctant to include them because, quite frankly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expose some prejudices here. We weren't anxious about adding a $400, $500, $600 bathroom fixture to our homes right now back in the 60s and 70s and 80s. And our thought was that, well, that's a European thing because they only shower in Europe like once a week. <laughs> You know, so they so they need that, uh, and and we were really prejudiced against them, and then the 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 the, the, the request for them kept growing louder and louder and louder, and we started providing them, and I can tell you after we started installing them, there are homeowners I know that when they travel, they're traveling at platinum level five star resorts. And they will tell you upon coming home, the thing I like most is coming home to my bathroom. No matter how expensive a place you stay, you can't get it personalized like I've got that personalized right in there. So it's a personal thing. Jennifer's just trying to bring it some light to the subject that for those of you looking for options on independent living, in particular as it relates to just getting the 
basic bodily functions done every day. There's some great options out there. Bemis and, and Toto. Toto are actually in a Facebook post we've got, right? Mm-hmm. But every major plumbing fixture manufacturer carries a bidet line. There aren't any that I know of that don't. So they're out there. Well, you just never know what topic we're going to cover here at Rosie on the House that just lights up the boards. And there's apparently a lot of questions and a lot of clarifications people are looking for on the topic at hand today. Setbacks and easements on your property. And we're asked all the time, well, no big deal. We'll just get a variance. I, I want to build the master bedroom over there. It doesn't matter. I'll get a variance. I, w- I want to enlarge my garage to include uh, 14 parking spaces. I'll just get a variance. Well, hear me out. I've been building and remodeling in the Phoenix metro area since 1972. Do you want to know how many variances we've applied for and how many variances we have gotten in all of those years? You think it's you think it's a dozen? Mm. I think it's a half a dozen. Mm. I mean thousands and thousands of clients over all those years. How how many variances do you think we went looking for? Went looking for a yeah. lot. Yeah, okay. I actually got approved. Okay. I, I remember, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Two uh, and one. It's, it's a goose egg. Uh, I, I can tell you we have gotten one variance in 48 years. They are extremely hard to get because you know what the city's determination is as to whether or not they're going to give you that variance or not? Did the city do something to cause you a hardship that this has to be allowed. So generally, anytime someone I'm meeting at their house and they're wanting to do something, and usually by the time I I get there on the first appointment, I've already done what I've explained to y'all. I've already gone to the Maricopa County Assessor's Office. I've taken a look at their plot plan. I've taken a look at their lot dimensions. I've taken a look at their setbacks and their easements. So I know what their building envelope is. And when I get there and someone says, well, I want to throw this arm of the house out that direction, 14 feet. And, you know, I I have to tell them right there on the spot, you know, we we won't be able to do that without a variance. And I, I will not be involved in you pursuing a variance. You'll have to get a, a real estate attorney, a code uh, attorney, and you'll have to pursue that yourself because I haven't I I haven't got the time to help you to do that. Variances are very very tough to get, and when I tell you there is a big eye in the sky, I'm not exaggerating. They're regularly photographing your lot. You can go to the county assessor's map, plug in your address. And you'll see that photograph is updated on a fairly regular basis. And when you go to pull a permit, the very first thing the building permit department's going to do is verify there's nothing currently in violation on the property. And if there is, you will have to bring whatever's not code compliant into compliance before they will give you a building permit for what you want to do that must also be 
in complete compliance. Recent customers of ours in Scottsdale bought a really neat house on a nice big, nice big lot, really nice big lot. And in the backyard, there was this steel garage shed that they had kept an RV, and it was a work area and kind of an exercise area. I mean, it would have been motivation enough for me just to buy that house, to have that extra space back there. And then they contacted us after owning the home for some time, and they wanted a kitchen remodel. That steel shed, and it was significant, it was big, was installed completely without a building permit. And the homeowner had to bring that building into code compliance before we could even start the kitchen remodel. That was $30,000. Just bringing a building a prior owner had built illegally into compliance. So setbacks and easements. Take a look at it. Go to our website, rosieonthehouse.com. Take a look at the newsletter we published and sent out to all of you in your email boxes this week and uh, get familiar with them. They are invisible lines that impact what you can or cannot do on your property. And someone is keeping track of it. So do not violate them naively or apathetically or arrogantly that I'm going to do what I want to do because this is my property because it's going to cost you or a subsequent owner for sure. And like I say, if, if I could be king for a day i would put a few more rules into every ownership transaction that occurs on residential property in arizona and you would know when you bought that house whether or not there were things on the property someone else had done not to code we gotta we gotta or and on the sales transaction make the homeowner bring it up to code amen yeah amen stay tuned for the next hour here at rosie on the house